Hey y'all, my name is Kathy Crosby. I write under the pen name of Casey Hart. I write Christian Cozy Mysteries and Contemporary Christian Romance, Small Town Romance. Um, I have, uh, I'm going to read today from Moonlight Murder and Small Town Secrets. It's book one in the eighth book series, Katie Cross, and I will get started now. Here we go. Katie rushed home from her last patient's house to change from her nursing uniform into a pair of jeans and the peanut patch t-shirt that all the members of her band, the Moonlighters, were wearing to the festival. After a glance at her reflection in the mirror, she grabbed a guitar and a folder with the songs for the night's performance. She jogged back to her car to drive the short distance to the festival grounds on the outskirts of town. The Moonlighters had opened for the Wildcats last night and would again tonight. This was the biggest event Katie's cover band had ever played, and she loved it. True, most of the people were only half listening as they walked around eating boiled peanuts, drinking Cokes, and looking at the vendor's booths, but that didn't matter. Katie and her friends were on the stage playing to an audience who, for the most part, were not close family members, which was a step up. No, while they were on stage, they weren't a home health nurse, a florist, a phlebotomist, a college student, and a single mom. When Katie was playing her lead guitar and her best friend Misty was doing a drum solo, they got to imagine they were musical stars like Alison Krauss or even Dolly Ariba. Not that they were fighting for aspirations of greatness, but being in the spotlight doing something they love right along there in Skeeterville did feel good. Katie turned on the air conditioner full blast and began running over the set list in her head. The Moonlighters' music was a sharp contrast to the Wildcats. The Wildcats were old country rock with fast tempos and great drums. They made you want to put down your cup of peanuts and grab a dance partner. Even though she didn't care too much for their lead singer, Jessa Williams, Katie had to admit their band knew how to perform and put on a good show. The Moonlighters' bluegrass and gospel music made you want to pull up a lawn chair and sing along. Mixing the two kinds of music had worked out well. Last night's crowd did a lot of smiling and lingered around until midnight when the lights were finally turned out. Her car knocked and bumped along the rough, homemade road that cut through the hayfield. Only a handful of people showed up this early so she would be able to park much closer than she had last night. Todd, Skeeterville's youngest deputy sheriff, as well as Katie's favorite nephew, was already parked in the usual place up front reserved for security. He wouldn't mind helping her make sure all the equipment was set up on the flatbed trailer which served as the stage. Katie pulled into a spot beside Jessa Williams' Mustang and stepped onto the trampled grass. She bet Jessa wasn't there yet. She had probably just left her car at the festival last night and rode home with someone else. Katie heard Marissa Holmes, another member of the Wildcats, complaining that Jessa acted like a diva. All she ever did was show up and sing and never helped with the work. Katie couldn't definitely believe it. One thing she loved about her band was that everyone got along well. That didn't seem to be the case with the Wildcats. Katie lugged her guitar from the back seat of her car and slammed the door. She turned just in time to catch a sliver of movement disappear on the other side of Jess's Mustang. Suddenly, a head popped up at the back of the car near the trunk. That's strange, she thought. Oh, uh, hello, can I help you? Katie glanced back over her shoulder to make sure Todd was nearby in case there was trouble. Skeeterville was a safe town, but purses still had a way of disappearing out of the back seats of unlocked vehicles at festivals and fairs. Hey, Miss Katie, Laney Finch, the wife of the high school football coach, jolted upright like a rubber band had popped her in the backside. I didn't see you over there. Her face flushed bright red with either surprise or guilt. Katie wasn't sure which. I just dropped my purse and was trying to gather all my stuff back up. 
Don't pay me any mind. Sorry I surprised you, Laney. For a minute there, I thought someone was breaking into that car. No problem. Laney stretched her taut smile onto her face and made a point of looking under the edge of the car one more time. I think I found everything. I better be going. She dug around in her monstrous designer bag. Mom has my kids and is waiting for me to get home. Good seeing you, Katie said as she turned and made her way toward the stage, guitar in tow. Katie said as she turned and made her way toward the stage, guitar in tow. She would have a she would have bet a bag of peanuts that Laney had been trying to sneak off without being seen. And why in the world would she leave the festival before it even began? Sure did seem like the woman was up to something. Katie smiled as the sound of whistling drew near from the food vendor's section of the field. Todd's sandy brown head and lanky frame appeared from that direction just as she reached the edge of the stage, lips still puckered from his slightly off-key tune. A much-needed breeze brought the smell of freshly boiled peanuts and fried turkey legs along with her nephew. She laid a hand across her stomach to smother the growling. I'm happy to report that all the food booths are secure and ready to start serving the crowds, Todd said as he made his way across the grassy field towards Katie. It's nice of you to be looking out for our hard-working vendors. Katie held her hand up to her forehead to shield out the glaring sun. I love this festival, but I've got to be careful this year. Why, did something happen last year? Todd asked, concerning his voice. I didn't hear about any trouble, but if I need to check up on something, I can. I'm the only one you need to check up on, Katie laughed. I've got to be careful and only eat one bag of boiled peanuts tonight. Last year, I ate too much festival food and made myself sick as a dog. It was so bad, I missed church that week. It would be awful to get too sick to perform. You're on your own with that one, Todd said, patting his flat stomach. I'm not coming between any woman and her boiled peanuts. Mama raised me better than that. He turned back from the food vendors and glanced around the stage. Can I help you set anything up? I can't believe Uncle John isn't here to help you. You know he'd be here if he could. He's in Missouri on business. Besides, I can handle this. Katie climbed up the rickety wooden stairs at one end of the stage, then leaned over and hoisted up her guitar. The six-string acoustic wasn't terribly heavy, but Katie stifled a groan as she pulled it up. But if you have time and don't mind, I guess I could use a little help. It looks like some of the others have already been here. Show off, Katie grinned, watching Todd hop over the hay bales and onto the stage, completely skipping the stairs. I could do that too if I was still in my twenties and six foot tall. Yeah, Todd said, flexing his lanky bicep. I have extra energy from that fried Oreo I sampled a while ago. He looked around at the mics and wires. Mike and Misty were setting up stuff when I got here. You must have just missed them. They said they were going home to put on their nut shirts and were coming right back. He eyed Misty's drum set. What can I do? Drum solo while you tune up? Maybe later, Katie said, but you can help me make sure everything has power. No problem, and you know I work for peanuts. Wow, so original, Todd. You should write a book or a song or something. Katie said, laughing sarcastically as she began flipping on the switches and checking power cords and connections. Let's see. For some reason, this amp isn't getting power. I've checked these connections up here. Would you mind making sure everything's plugged in at the shed? Sure thing. Todd hopped off the stage and trotted over to the shed. She wasn't sure what it was used for the rest of the year, but during the Peanut Patch Festival, the flatbed trailer was backed up to a metal shed where extension cords could reach the electrical outlets to the power show. To power the show. 
If it started to rain, the equipment could quickly be moved indoors. That happened a few years ago. It only rained for about 30 minutes, but for the rest of the afternoon, the bands played in the shed's garage door opening. Luckily, the moonlighters didn't perform that year. You could see the heat devils rising off the garage floor while the bluegrass babes were playing. Mrs. Ella Johnson, the babe's 71-year-old fiddle player, had to go to the emergency room at the end of their set to be treated for heat exhaustion. Her children wouldn't let her play the festival anymore. It was a shame. Katie enjoyed watching the women. They were all in their 70s, had matching silver beehives, and wore red silk shirts and enough fringe and sequins to impress a group of Elvis impersonators. Everything seemed to be okay here, Aunt Katie. Todd wiggled all the cords that were plugged into the outlets. Maybe it's on the one of the connections. Maybe it's one of the connections. I'll check them while I'm down here. He followed the wires from the shed to the base of the flatbed. They disappeared under the bales of hay, then reappeared in the crack between the base of the trailer and the top of the hay bales where they were duct taped to the metal trailer frame to hold them secure. Todd began checking each cord while Katie continued to check the equipment. Here's the problem, Todd called. Here's the problem, Todd called. This one's not taped to the frame and the connection slipped loose. He reached down to pull more of the power cord from under the hay bale. Oops, dropped it, he said. The cord slivered between the crack of the hay bale and trailer and disappeared underneath. He shoved his arm down and tried to blindly fish it back out from the hay. That's not working, he said, pulling his arm back on out of the crack. Just pull the bale out and pick up the cord, Katie instructed. There's some extra duct tape in the shed. You can retape it. Then we won't have to worry about it coming undone during the show. Sure thing, boss lady, Todd said, grinning as he pulled out the bale of hay. He moved the hay bale, then squatted down and retrieved the cord, but bounced right back up. He glanced at Katie, then went right back down. The image of prairie dogs coming in and out of their burrows flashed through her mind. Todd popped up again. This time, his brows were pulled together in a frown. What is it? A snake? There's a hoe in the shed. I'll fetch it real quick. The wooden stairs swayed as Katie bolted down to get the hoe. Oh, wait, Aunt Katie. It's not a snake. Todd's voice was strained. Just give me a second to think. He got down on all fours and crawled halfway under the trailer. Katie shifted her head from side to side, trying to see through the three-foot section where the bale of hay had been. She quickly gave up and dropped to her knees, crawling into the dark, narrow space beside her nephew. What had caught his attention so quickly? She sure hoped it wasn't a rat. She could handle snakes, but man, she hated rats. Those long, hairless tails just made her skin crawl. Todd pulled out his flashlight from a loop on his belt and shined a beam through the pitch-black, crowded space. Good gravy and biscuits. Katie's voice climbed several decibels as her pupils focused on the figure in the dark opening. That's Jessa Williams. Jessa lay on her back with her arms flailed to either side. Her blonde hair was scattered across her face in a way that made Katie want to rake it out of her eyes. Katie shuddered as her eyes adjusted to the dim light. Jessa's eyes were stretched wide open, fixed, and staring at the bottom of the dirty trailer that was covered in spider's webs hovering a couple of feet from her face. The woman still had on the leopard print miniskirt, thigh-high leather boots, and black silk shirt she had performed in the night before. Katie leaned in closer and placed her finger on the side of Jessa's neck, trying to find a pulse. Todd, she's dead. And that's chapter one of Moonlight Murder and Small Town Secrets. If you want to read it, you can get it here at the Pike County Library. It's on Hoopla with the library, and um, you can find it at 
most major ebook e retailers like Amazon and Nook and places like that. Thank y'all for letting me read to y'all. Bye.